Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a five-part series on supply chain data management. This series is sponsored by Ascent Compliance. Ascent Compliance provides cloud-based SaaS solutions that help companies manage their supply chain data, facilitate stakeholder and supply chain education on regulatory and program requirements, and increase transparency between businesses. Ascent helps companies overcome the challenge of meeting their compliance business requirement. Finally, Ascent streamlines the data exchange process for suppliers, making it easier for them to comply with their customers' data requests. For more information, check out their website, ascentcompliance.com. In this five-part podcast series, I visit with several members of the Ascent Compliance team to introduce the topic of market access, consider what it is, an overview of trade compliance, how federal acquisition regulations, FARs, flowdowns affect supply chain compliance, the value of continuous monitoring, and the origins of laws impacting market access. The fascinating exploration of a topic that compliance practitioners need to be aware of. In this fourth episode, I'm joined by Travis Miller, and we take a look at how federal acquisition regulations inform flowdowns in your supply chain and your requirements to have continued market access. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again for another episode of our five-part exploration of maintaining market access. I have back with me Travis Miller. Travis, the general counsel for Ascent Compliance. Travis, uh, first of all, uh, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me again today. Absolutely, Tom. I can't think of a better place to be. (laughs) Today, um, Travis, I wanted to visit with you about FARS, Federal Acquisition Regulation, flowdowns. This is something that I have found bedevils not only supply chain professionals, but the overall concept of flowdowns bedevils uh, most compliance practitioners uh, in multiple disciplines. So I thought it would be a great way to explore the overall macro topic by focusing on FARs. So let me just start off with, um, do you see government contracting and FARs requirements becoming even yet more challenging? I I do. And uh, I've got a lot of um, practical situations that are kind of evidencing as much. Um, It's an interesting kind of series of activities uh, where the government is responding uh, in some very interesting, uh, tangible ways uh, and imposing not just contracting requirements, uh, but actually programmatic requirements on their prime contractors and uh, equally important on the subs uh, who are servicing them to make sure that they have all the materials and fully secure supply chains uh, in a way that we've never really seen come out of any procurement entity, uh, let alone the U.S. government. So how has this, uh, I think I wrote this down right, change in programmatic requirements not only impacted uh, companies in the supply chain with the U.S. government and those that flow down or their subcontractors, but how have they responded? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. I'll um I'll pick on a, a couple examples, um, but they're meaningful ones uh, because as as your listeners you know start to look at their own contracts, uh, it might be real meaningful to see uh, what it is that they've accepted, <laughs> either incidentally or uh, on purpose. Um, you know, a big one are uh, 
some of the Modern Slavery Act requirements. Uh, you're seeing any counterfeit part requirements. You're seeing uh, actual cybersecurity requirements all being embedded and enclosed inside of government contracts that are intended not to just touch those primes, you know, those individual companies that directly do business with the government, um, but in turn to also look very deep into where they're actually sourcing all the way down to raw materials in some instances. Now, the purpose for that is, is actually an interesting history and dialogue where, um, you know, the government was trying to do risk assessments. They were saying, you know, how are our adversaries uh, gaining access to information and schematics? How are they producing, you know, jets and military weapons and uh, other types of materials that are equivalent or at least getting closer to equivalency to what the U.S. is? And what they found are, you know, the prime contractors are usually pretty darn good. You know, they're secure. Uh, they know what they're doing. But as data kind of moves and migrates around and finds its way to smaller scale entities or uh, commercial entities or other folks that maybe don't have the same protections and programs, that's a target. You know, that's where a lot of the uh, cyber attacks and a lot of the ability to steal sensitive information really started to emerge. And that's also how they were able to start to influence uh, a lot of the actions um, that pertained and led to, you know, a lot of the domestic supplying and other issues. So the reaction really became, well, we're going to force our primes to enforce their suppliers to do the activities that they should have been doing to protect themselves in the first place. And, and that's really been the change or the foundational kind of shift that's caused people to have to reevaluate government contracting programs and has made it really so onerous as a late. Without picking on any particular companies or names, it sure sounded like to me you uh, described a situation where we had a not major but humongous data breach where lots of consumer credit card information was released and the uh, the bad guys came in not directly against the company but through an HVAC contractor. So uh, it really uh, – this whole area – uh, of flowdowns of your counterparties, of your subcontractors, in terms of the even broader range of security issues or pro programmatic themes that you talked about, has become uh, much more challenging. Um, not to cross-mix metaphors, but I read an article this past weekend about a Brazilian Formula One driver named Michael Senna. And uh, I don't know if you follow racing at all, but in the 90s, he was uh, the top, one of the very top elites of Formula One. And he had a formula for uh, getting in and out of hairpin turns different than other drivers. And his formula was enter slowly so you can leave more quickly. And I took that as a brilliant business metaphor, particularly around the topic of flowdowns, because you may want to take more time evaluating your counterparties, your third parties, your subcontractors, or even those that you're doing business with as customers, so that when the time comes and the ink is on the contract, then you can move quickly. Um, it seems to me that in the supply chain, the ability uh, to move quickly, to respond quickly, is a critical element of not only uh, those down your supply chain, but the, the lead company itself. Does, does any of that really resonate, Travis? Entirely. 
Um, you know, I, I always uh, talk to all of my clients, uh, both internal uh, and uh, you know external that, that I've worked with, uh, and I say government contracting is a different business. Um, even if you're producing exactly the same product, it's a different business. <laughs> it should be treated as such. Um, you know, the, the type of programs you put into place, uh, the way that you manage it, uh, the way that you cost something, the type of employees that you handle, top to bottom, it's just an entirely different business. And if you treat it the same, I guarantee you're going to find yourself in a bad place. Uh, and you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of an enforcement action, uh, inevitably, because the rules of the game are just so different. So in terms of how companies are responding to these new programmatic contracting uh, requirements, Travis, what have you seen, or perhaps the better question might be, what do you advocate companies do to uh, be more nimble, to be more able to quickly respond, not necessarily to simply a market need, but a market opportunity? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I say um, it's a barrier to market entry is the best way that I describe it. Um, So that means two things. Uh, To some folks, if you're not in there, uh, it means I got a whole lot of work to do if I want to try to sell into or work in that particular market. Now, the flip side to that is if you're in that market or you've established the program, it's an awfully sweet spot to be in because your competitors have a whole lot of work to be able to do the same thing that you're already doing. So the more that you can institutionalize the programs, the requirements, and, uh, you know, as an added benefit, they tend to be pretty good things. You you, you don't want to be buying a bunch of counterfeit goods that are wounded soldiers that are going to get in your devices and fail inevitably. That just causes consumer distress. Uh, You don't want to allow people to peer into your data and to steal your technology or your IP. That's foundationally a bad thing. You got to protect yourself to a certain extent. It's not up to the government. Um, These types of activities are going to make you a better company. So being able to institutionalize the ones that make sense across the company is great. And then be able to go a little further, either in a subsidiary or a standalone entity or a specific business unit or function that can handle those additional pressures and requirements is what I really see as a best practice and what I would advocate for most. Travis, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but this has just been a fascinating exploration. I greatly look forward to continuing the conversation. You take care, Tom. A pleasure. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our five-part exploration of market access and how that relates to the supply chain compliance professional. It's a great series hosted by Ascent Compliance. I know you'll get a lot out of it. Check out our sponsor, Ascent Compliance, at their website, www.ascentcompliance.com. This special five-part podcast series is a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.